Hey, hey travelers. travelers. I'm Taylor. I'm Cassie. And this, this is, is Going, going past, past the Veil. Okay, hi everybody. How are you? We miss you as usual. Hello, hello. I hope you're having a wonderful day. Um, so we are going to go over a conspiracy theory today. So as you guys might be noticing from our newly return, we are in kind of a pattern. You want to tell them about our pattern, Cassie? Our pattern is we are going to do paranormal, true crime, and then conspiracy. And that's going to be a repeating pattern. So every third week, you're going to get back to paranormal or true crime or conspiracy. And on top of that, we're also jumping back and forth. So Taylor did paranormal with Anne Boleyn. And then I recorded the true crime with the 1989 murders. And like next time I get to do paranormal and Taylor gets to do true crime. Dun, dun, dun. You guys excited? We are. I'm excited. <laughs> exactly. So we kind of got ourselves in this little bit of a routine. We're going to see how it goes. As always, let us know your thoughts. Let us know how you feel. And um, we hope we have a little bit of something for all of you. So yay. Um, okay. excited. Yeah, me too. Well, um, like Cassie said, my last one that I recorded or that I had researched and presented was about the ghost of Anne Boleyn. And in that episode, we talked about Queen Elizabeth I, right? How that was Anne Boleyn and King Henry VIII's daughter. Mm-hmm. And what do you know? There's a conspiracy about good old Queen Elizabeth I. Oh. Yeah, so... We're going to go traveling and find out about this conspiracy and see see how you guys feel, all right? All right. I'm down. Let's do this. <laughs> all right. So it's time to put on our aluminum conspiracy hats for this wild ride. As you can tell by the title, we are going down the rabbit hole of Queen Elizabeth I, which I will now be referring to as Elizabeth or Queen Elizabeth. Well, I guess that's kind of hard because people might get confused with the Queen Elizabeth as of now. So, okay, never mind. I guess I'm just going to say Queen Elizabeth I, which I hope I'm saying that, that right. Am I saying that right? I think so. All right. Well, we'll somebody will tell me if I'm wrong. Okay, so was Queen Elizabeth I really a man? <laughs> Elizabeth I was born to King Henry VIII and his second wife, the unofficial Queen Anne Boleyn, like we talked about. And she was known as the Virgin Queen and Good Queen Bess. She was born on September 7th, 1953, and she ruled England from 1558 to 1603 during the Elizabethan age. So this is when England really asserted themselves as a European power in politics, arts, and commerce. Now, we could go on and on with the history of her ruling, but I think we should just go ahead and jump into the conspiracy of it. Am I right? As the story goes, when Elizabeth turned 10 years old, she was sent to live in a village called Bisley, to avoid the outbreak of the bubonic plague that was very rampant in London. Now, I'm sure a lot of you know about the bubonic plague and how severe that was, how many lives it took, and just how um, it was a big chunk of history. It was, it was very, very horrible. Um, the king and his advisors had hoped that by sending her to this village, they would be able to keep her safe from any illness and um, essentially save her life. Elizabeth was Tudor England's most valuable child in a lot of ways. So it was really important to make sure that her 
her life was secure and safe. You know, the, the king wanted to be able to marry her off to Spanish or French princes to obtain international alliances, which, of course, back then, that was like a really huge thing, right? Most royals didn't get to marry for love. They had to marry for alliances or what would be best what would be the best interest for the country so so it was seen and and a lot of king henry's children were not able to survive past infancy or you know anne boleyn had a lot of miscarriages and stillborns and his other wives it was kind of the same thing so really you know before elizabeth the uh, she had a half-sister which was Mary. The king had to really see his daughters as like investments, which is silly, but you know, that's how they did it back then. Yeah. It was the times. Yeah. So anyway, some believe that she wasn't able to avoid sickness altogether. And that while she was in the village, approximately a night before the king was supposed to arrive to visit her and to see how she was doing, she, she had fallen ill, like I said, and, the illness which was not the bubonic plague but this particular illness did kill her or that's how this theory goes now again guys just remember this is a theory i am not saying it's absolute i'm not saying that it's not absolute i'm just saying this is the theory that comes out all right so if you guys remember from the Anne Boleyn episode we talked about how the king was very axe happy right meaning he was ready to take people's heads off at a moment's notice so He was very quick with that. Well, when the king sent Elizabeth away, he sent her with her governess, Lady, I'm sorry, Lady Cat Ashley. And unfortunately, Lady Cat Ashley was very anxious and afraid that the king would blame her for the death of his child, who was an heir to the throne. Well, kind of, but again, that's a whole part of the history lesson between Mary and her and what. But again, the princess was seen as a very, very important person when it came to alliances. So it was a big deal for her to to pass away. So like anybody, the governess was very nervous and decided to take action of her own future and decided to come up with a plan. And I'm calling it Mission Save Your Head. I don't think that's what they called it back then, but maybe they did in just different words. But that's my that's what I'm saying. Mission Save Your Head. Sounds good Um, to me. Yeah, so essentially she was going to bury Elizabeth in secret, find a village girl that could be easily mistaken as Elizabeth, and present the new Elizabeth to the king. And fingers crossed, he wouldn't notice and she would be fine and live, you know, she wouldn't have her head cut off, right? Which you're probably wondering, (laughs) that's a father, wouldn't he know his own daughter? Yeah. (laughs) So, So you would think so, right? But back then, kings didn't often spend a lot of time with their children right again right. they're 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 very invested in producing an heir and alliances and political stuff and whatever so it, they didn't take a lot of stock in girls either so it, this could have easily been done in my opinion because it's also widely known that henry rarely saw her and when he had seen her it had been recorded that Elizabeth would tremble in his sight and would not look him in the eye, would not speak to him very much, you know, only when spoken to and very quietly. She was a very shy child around him, just not, you know, in my opinion, she's sitting there going, hey, you behead my mother. Um, I don't want to make you mad. And and at the same time, too, I'm sure in her head, it's got to be in there that, hey, my mom wasn't an official queen. Like, you can take my title very quickly. So... So she was very nervous around her dad. Again, that's my opinion on why she was nervous. It could have been just as simple as 
I'm a little girl and I don't want to be around all these people. It's, you know, but either way, it, it was documented that she didn't speak much to him. So, again, replacing her with somebody else could be possible. He might not know. And plus, yeah. there was no DNA testing back then. So, very attainable, I feel. <laughs> right. <laughs> Anywho, back to the story. So, for the girl to be a resemblance of Elizabeth, she needed to be around the same age, which was, again, 10. Fairer skin and red hair, which was a telltale sign of elizabeth unfortunately the governess was unable to find a girl fitting that criteria in the village however there was a local family with a little boy named neville who was about a year younger than the princess and the princess and neville would actually um learn together and play together while she was there so they they were known to have been around each other quite often so at this point now you have this boy uh, according to this theory you have this boy neville who is essentially friends with elizabeth and knows her and could kind of be a resemblance plus there was some um rumors kind of circulating back then that he could have been like a distant cousin to her Mm. um but that i couldn't find much information on that so i don't want to say that for sure but that's what they're saying in this theory so anyway so the story continues that when she found this child she ended up dressing her dressing him in um queen elizabeth's clothes and put a wig on the child presented him to the king and the king didn't notice (laughs) is anyone surprised Mm, not me not me at all and I so much want this to be true because I want to be like, hmm, like that was just like, this king is so worried about, you know, like treason and people coming after him, but doesn't realize his own daughter is not his daughter and essentially is a totally different gender as well. But whatever, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, so anywho, the king was unable to detect that this was not his daughter. And it is said that the boy grew up and eventually became queen of England. Now, I know this is a stretch and it may seem kind of silly, probably is one of the sillier conspiracies I've thrown out there at you guys, but I, I, here's, here are some things that kind of make it a little believable. And these are actually things that historians who obviously study history and have very opinionated opinions. I don't know if I said that right, but we're going to go with that. (laughs) So apparently these historians some of them kind of think that this could be an accurate theory based off some of these situations so one elizabeth never so the elizabeth that could potentially be neville never agreed upon any marriage offers and Mm. many of them were very lucrative for her and she turned them all down like would not get married at all nothing another thing is her writing so they took writings from before she went to bisley and writings afterwards and the print of it did not compare and it was also a different style of writing Hmm. so that's kind of something they're like well that's that's suspicious like that's not what's going on here that doesn't seem right exactly like "Mm, that seems a little different another thing was anytime she was out in public she always wore wigs she would never show her hair which is interesting to me because i'm like well why would she just always wear wigs instead of like letting her beautiful red hair shine you know maybe maybe it was bald underneath it yeah just don't know but another thing with that though is anytime she would anybody would be in front of her or come near her she would not see them unless she had makeup on and a wig and so that was a very interesting 
story as well. Like, why? Why are you so... What are you hiding that you have to have your makeup on before you can even have, like, an, a person come in to tell you an emergency kind right. of situation? So she was very, very big on that. Like, you are not allowed in my room unless I tell you I am I am completely ready for you to see me. Mm-hmm. So there, there's that. Another thing that I thought was interesting is that she was very careful on who her doctors were. She would not see any doctors other than the ones that she had hand-selected. And, I mean, it could be to the point that she is suffering from an illness or an injury, but she would not see any other doctors except the ones she picked. And sometimes these doctors would be villages over. And she would have to wait days or even possibly weeks to see somebody until they came back. Wow. Um, and, and she would not budge on that. That is not something she would budge on. So that's really interesting as well. So could it be I'm just very particular or I'm hiding something? Right. And before Elizabeth died, she actually decreed that there it would be very unlawful and like people could be put to death if they did an autopsy on her. Oh. So she she – she ruled against that. She said, no way, no how will there be an autopsy after I'm dead. So again, why why are we doing that, my dear? Yeah, like why are you so concerned <clears throat> about after you're dead? I know, exactly. And then also my thought is, why didn't anybody, like could that really hold up after? But I guess it's really different when it comes to like kings and queens. So I, I don't know because I don't live somewhere where there's a king or a queen. So I can't say, you know, if that could really be followed after somebody died. Right. Another thing is that a nobleman who had met Elizabeth and had spent time with Elizabeth had written, and I quote, for a certain reason which they have recently given me, I understand that she will not bear children, unquote. So because obviously when you are are on the throne, the biggest thing is you need an heir. Right. Um, like Im- almost immediately, as soon as your coronation is over, it's like, okay, who are you marrying if you're not already married? And where's your heir? Like, yeah, because people want to be able to hold on to that throne, right? Through your family. Yeah. So, so again, she turned down all marriage proposals, very lucrative ones, ones that would very much benefit her country. She turned them all down and said that she wanted to be able to rule on her own. And then, of course, she didn't have a child. This next statement I'm going to say, I definitely saw some conflicting information. So a lot of things and a lot of photos that they have of her or paintings they have of her. Um, she's very, she's wearing very high dresses that would cover her breast area and sometimes her neck. Now, along with her wearing her wigs, her makeup, and these dresses, people would say, oh, she's hiding something. But then again, some people say, well, no, she used to wear very low-cut dresses to show off her breast area. So it, it's like a here one day maybe she's wearing a long dress, so people say it's this. One day she's wearing a low-cut dress, so people say it's it's for this reason. So take that with a grain of salt. Now, this story in theory really honestly would have died down. But guess who made it very well known and got it to live longer than it should have? The theory. Hmm. Bram Stoker. Do you know who that is? He's the one who wrote Dracula. Uh, yes, he is the one who wrote Dracula. Um, so Silly Taylor. Out. Of course I know the answer to that. <laughs> I'm like, you didn't have time to Google that that fast. How did you know that? I'm telling you, you know everything. Um, Not everything, just the creepy shit. but yes so bram stoker who wrote dracula had come to find out about a theory when he was at a may day tradition in bisley the village on that day every year the village may queen so this was considered like a holiday to them may day 
Mm-hmm. I think it's the first day of May. And so they they would the village would deem one person as the May queen. And that person would dress up as a boy in the famous Elizabethan clothing. So, you know, Drac, the Bram Stoker guy is like, hmm, this is weird. Why are we doing this? You know, and so he pressed some villagers and he's like, so what's going on? Why are we doing it like this way? You know, and the villagers had said that this entire story to him had told him that, hey, you know, one of our village boys actually was Queen Elizabeth. And yeah, it's pretty crazy. So Stoker very strongly believed in this theory and would tell anyone. Go ahead. So basically the town the boy came from, like literally all of them were like, yeah, we know who the queen actually is, but didn't say anything. Yeah. So, so they would, they were very like, well, we know. And it's kind of one of those things, like in every small town, there's some sort of scandalous something that they know about. Like it is like, well, it's very well known. Even if people say it's not true, it's very well known, if that makes sense. So it passed on tradition to like, you know, through generation, generation that this story was factual to them. It really happened. And Stoker, like, kind of set aside his writing and everything and really dived into this because he's like, I am intrigued. If they had recordings back then to do podcasts, he probably would have made a podcast about it. Um, (laughs) And what really made this theory very strong in the eyes of different people is that 300 years after this is all said to have happened, the skeleton of a young girl was found in a uh, stone casket. And she was dressed in Renaissance upper class, you know, royal like clothing. Mm hmm. And she looked to be, her her skeleton looked to be the age of a 10-year-old girl. So people believe that this is the true Elizabeth buried in the stone coffin, especially because in this village, there wasn't a lot of higher up people to wear these type of clothings. So that's kind of what people think is that this girl that was found in this stone casket is actually the true Elizabeth. Huh. So, yeah. So what do we believe? Do we believe in this theory? What do we think about it? Could this just all be her just being like, I know I just don't want a man by my side. And I will say another, like a lot of people who do not believe in this theory and believe that obviously she was like a real woman. Now, some people obviously don't believe that this is true and just believe that she wanted to live her life without a man that she wanted to rule on her own. And this could be because she's a little jaded about how her dad treated her mom and how, you know, she's just like, I don't need no man. Um, And she actually gave a speech to her army. So her speech goes, I know I have the body of a weak, feeble woman, but I have the heart and stomach of a king. So she, and there's more to that speech, but that's just like, what I want to kind of highlight right now is that she she was very open about how, you know, yep, I'm a woman, but I'm I'm a king in my own sense, which yeah. could be another reason why she didn't want to rule with a man and she didn't want to have children. She wanted to do this all on her own. Now, this theory is is kind of a cruel one. Like I I don't know if it's a theory that I 100% believe in. But I definitely think there's like, I don't know, there's some coincidences there. There's some coincidences. And I would almost say like there's a little bit of merit behind the coincidences, like Mm -hmm. suggestion. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I'm the kind of person that's like, I want to believe that. Like, I want to believe that's what happened. And and I kind of, like I said, I kind of do too because of how King Henry had treated his wives and how King Henry VIII had had been. Like, I kind of want to believe that this kind of went underneath him and he didn't realize it. 
Yeah. Like, and you know? his bloodline is stopped with him. Te- yeah, technically, you know, and um, which I mean, there's there he had the other children, which I'm not going to do a huge history lesson with you guys. So I don't know. But I just like the thought of someone did a sly one underneath him. Yeah, it's kind of cool. And, and, it, and it is interesting that they did find this skeleton. 300 Mm -hmm. years later like especially with the type of of clothing that she was wearing you know the people who were examining the skeleton being able to say that this is a female skeleton and this was around a 10 year old girl like could have been a 10 year old girl i mean that's just to me that's way too coincidental way too coincidental i Um, think so too yeah and especially if you've got this village who has been sharing this story from generation to generation like keeping it alive to themselves i don't know it's just, it's really interesting to me. Yeah. So um, I like that one. Yeah. So again, I'm sorry. This is kind of a shorter one, guys. And I apologize. I thought it would be a little bit longer because I talk a lot, but I guess not. So I, I very much apologize about that. But again, it's a very interesting theory. It's one that, like Cassie said, does kind of have a little bit of merit. And there's way too many coincidences, if you ask me. So on my scale of one to five, five being like, the Titanic wasn't the Titanic. It was the Olympic. And that's the one I'm going to go to my grave saying I would. And then one being this is just funny. I would say this is maybe a two and a half for me. I think I'd give it a three. You give it a three. Yeah, I think. I don't know. I don't know. And it's funny because I was talking to my husband about it. And my son is, you know, Tucker, he's nine. He's going to be 10 pretty soon. And he goes, I don't know, mom. I don't know about this one. And he's like, I'm done listening. And then I, I don't know what I was doing, but oh, he came to say goodnight to me. And he goes, all I'm thinking, mom, is when I learn about this in history, I'm going to have to tell them that she might have been a man. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> um, he's he now actually told his teacher that because they started talking about the Titanic. And he goes, my mom has a podcast about that and you should listen to it. <laughs> and, and he's like, because maybe the Titanic wasn't the Titanic. And apparently his teacher's really into that kind of stuff. So she um, is going to r- listen to it. Okay. So that was interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. But anyway, guys, you kind of got a shorter episode from us. So I, I apologize, but we love you. Next week's going to be a long one. So it makes up for it. There you go. You guys needed a breather before we really get into a long one. So. And let me tell you, next week, I'm excited. <laughs> Do you want to give us like a little bit of a heads up of what it's going to be about, Cassie? It's about a spooky forest. Spooky. What was that? <laughs> that was the Google Home. Our Roomba finished. <laughs> that was rude. That was rude. She should not do that. <gasps> And me saying spooky forest and then the talking startle you. I yes. Yes, Cassie, it did. So so does that mean next week I'm gonna have to have lots of lights on? Probably. And Duke right next to me, which he's making a lot of noise in his kennel right now. He's he's supposed to be sleeping, but I think he I haven't heard him. him. I think he's fine. He was funny because he so I think I've told you guys before in episodes that my dog will just randomly in the middle of the night wake up and bark and it has scared me before and I've been like what's here what's there do I need to call the police like and I've sent Tony running down the stairs with a bat um <laughs> and he did the same bark today while I was um I I was doing something on the computer and I looked over because I was like, that's the same bark. And there's a cat sitting outside of our door <laughs> looking at him. I was like, Duke, 
is this what you've been scared of recently? Is is it's either and the thing is is my dog, he's so sweet, but he is he's a scaredy cat, and so he's terrified of wind, uh, crickets, and now cats. So <laughs> Yeah. He's a cutie pie though. I love him. But yeah, so anyway guys, we love y'all. Cassie, I'll let you kind of take it away and tell them uh, where they should find us and what we should do. Alright. Well, you can follow us on Instagram at Going Past the Veil. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash going past the veil. You can email us at goingpasttheveil at gmail.com. And we hope you keep listening. Travel safe. Bye.